Welcome back to another episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse. This time it's Supergirl Season 2, Episode 14, Homecoming. And this is another... This is another one of those episodes where the plot points actually aren't terribly important because it's one of those episodes that plays out exactly how you expect it to. So, here's the inciting incident. Uh... The DEO gets, like, a red alert on Cadmus or something like that, and Cadmus is moving something. Uh, Supergirl and Jean Jones go to stop them, and they find out that it's Jeremiah Danvers. And they welcome Jeremiah Danvers back with open arms. Jeremiah Danvers, you might remember, uh, Alex's dad, Kara's adopted adopted dad, played by Dean Cain. Uh, And... Monel is the the only one who's at all suspicious in the beginning, and he should be because quite obviously this is like a Cadmus plot. Like the the fact that nobody saw it was too easy for them to get Jeremiah at all. Like like it took Monel to be like, hey, uh, by the way, uh, we got an alert on them. We don't usually get alerts. It was him in an empty like trailer truck and three black SUVs with dudes armed with conventional weapons. So they take Jeremiah back and Jeremiah is the perfect cinnamon roll. Could not be better showing no signs of PTSD or any sort of trauma from being kidnapped and forced to work for Cadmus for 15 years. He reveals that he's the one who built Cyborg Superman uh, nobody's, like, everybody's like, oh, well, that's really terrible. Uh, he doesn't apologize for it, which I think I would have done. I would have been like, hey, they forced me to build Cyborg Superman. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. And perhaps, were it me, I would have built a secret weakness into Cyborg Superman because I was the one building him. So theoretically, I would be the only one to have that knowledge. But, you know, whatever. Um... The the biggest cinnamon rolling he does there's a there's a welcome home dinner and uh, Alex comes in with Maggie and he's like uh, things have changed but uh, no man is good enough for Alex so it would have to be uh, someone like you and then uh, Maggie reveals that she's brought tequila and he's like well uh, she's family now. So then later on, he turns to his wife, and he's like, let's start making up for lost time. And she's like, now this is interesting, because this is something you don't usually see in these shows. She's like, we can't make up for lost time. Those years are gone. You don't know me anymore. I don't know you anymore. Can we come back from that? And he's like, let's start with dinner. Like, he's not upset about this. It's not, it's not, you know, everybody in these sort of situations, like the general pattern is uh, Odysseus coming home, right? Well, except for the killing of the suitors, and then disguising oneself as an old man. Okay, what I mean is, Odysseus comes back, and Penelope and Telemachus are both very, very happy about this. And I mean, the the, the Odyssey ends there, so we don't see what happens afterward, but it's like, yay, you're back, and now there's no problems, right? Um, This was the first time that I can remember a show being like, oh, no, 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 there, there are going to be problems, but of course they're not revealed in this show because... Jeremiah ends up betraying everybody. Um, 
right. Like, we, we knew this was going to happen. We knew this was going to happen from the beginning. Uh, there's a bit where Jean's showing him around. Jean leaves him alone. He goes into the computer mainframe uh, room, uh, which, by the way, if you, you open a door to go in the computer mainframe room and a jet of steam... I don't know, there's a, there's a jet of sort of some cloud-like substance that sort of shh, covers you, and then you you walk by. It's it's one of those things like when they were fighting in the DEO base earlier, every time they hit a wall, it was either spikes or a jet of some sort of uh, something. So, yeah. Um, so, Wynn notices this. Wynn has been suborned by Mon-Elm. Wynn is on the, we should, you know, it's great that he's back, but we should, you know, make sure he's on our side team. Um, and they call Supergirl in, and they're like, hey, Supergirl, your dad just, like, waited till Jean left and walked into the mainframe room and then did a little hacking, and they talked to Jeremiah about it, and he's like, yeah, I tried to use my old passcodes to see if I could get into our network, and I couldn't, and then I used a workaround to get in so I could read some old case files to find out what my daughters had been up to, which is weird. And Alex, of course, completely forgives her dad and is angry at everybody else. Um, because, you know, they, they don't trust her dad, but, uh, you know, and she's really super mad at Kara. She, there's, there's some like, you're either with me or against me talk, which is strange language, I guess, to be using at this point. I, I just thought that that particular tack of the argument would, it felt a little weird to me, um, but Alex doesn't acknowledge that it's weird for your dad who's been gone for 15 years to basically sneak into the mainframe room and use a hack to get around the systems. That's 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 a weird thing to do, as Supergirl points out. Why not just ask us? Which seems like it would be a more bonding experience. It's like, you know, you ask your girls for the stories, and then maybe you're like, hey, can I look at some old case files, rather than just, you know, I'm going to try my old password. Well, it's 15 years old. It doesn't work. Uh, we probably upgraded some security protocols. Now let me just hack around them. Um, I should also mention that uh, Jeremiah's right hand, right, they say it's like, well, it's, uh, Cadmus apparently worked on him, and he's got some nerve damage, so he's not able to use it. Uh, he he doesn't keep it in a sling, which I, which I thought was a little strange. Um, I think most doctors would want to put your, your arm in a sling if you couldn't use it. So... They have this little, you know, and that's it. They just sort of let Jeremiah continue doing what he's doing. Uh, Alex is mad at Kara and Monel and Win, blah. So they get a hit from Win's tracking. He, he, he Jeremiah has informed him that uh, Cadmus was going to set off a fusion bomb. Apparently, Kara's heat vision, Kara's heat vision uses fusion which is, I mean, honestly really cool. I don't know why they don't have more physicists studying that, because that'd be a cool way to get some energy if we could figure out how to do that. But anyway, I guess Cadmus can build fusion bombs, so there's a thing. It's like, really, you want a, you want a better humanity? Maybe you, maybe you don't worry so much about the aliens, and yet you try to figure out to, how to get us a decent source of energy. Yeah, but, you know, call me crazy. All right. So they get a hit... Uh, on this fusion bomb, they send everybody to it. Nothing is there. 
car realizes that something is wrong, she calls back to the base. Jeremiah, while this is happening, like, he's there in the control room or whatever you want to call it for this entire uh, mission. When Kara says there's nothing there, he pieces out and heads back down to the mainframe, followed 10 steps behind by Jean Jones, who was like, wait a minute. Jean notices him leaving. He's like, wait a minute. Why can't I read your mind? Okay. Um, this is the first time you've checked, you've checked, Sean? That you, you haven't, you didn't, like, this is not a thing that you did when he showed up. Uh, I mean, just to be sure that it was him. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. That's, that's fine. That's good. That's, that's good security protocols that you've got set up. <sighs> um, and he just sort of gets in the elevator, and the elevator door is closing when Jean is there, and he's still yelling at him, and it's like, Jean, you have super strength. You could stick your arm in the door and stop it from closing. And then he wouldn't be able to do what he's going to do, because apparently there's no other way to get to the mainframe room in time. And he puts a little... I mean, it's a, it's a bug. It looks like a bug, and it is a bug. in uh, like the, the electronic sort, on one of the monitors and he starts using his workaround to get in and he's downloading some fun, not downloading. He's uh, moving some files from the mainframe to his little bug slash storage device. And Jean comes in to stop him and Jean can't stop him because it turns out that that right arm that we thought had nerve damage is actually a cyborg arm. So now I have to wonder who they have checking people out, because I'm now worried for the health of everyone in the DEO. I mean, really. Well, we think it's nerve damage. Okay, that's fine. Well, actually, it's not nerve damage. It's an arm made out of metal. <laughs> oh, that's... Oh, boy. Okay, and we just... Uh, we're just going to let that go. I'm sure there were no other ways to determine <laughs> that the arm was made of metal until Jean grabbed it and found out. Uh, and then Jeremiah uses his mighty right arm to overpower everybody. Like, he fights... Jean has two strong... He's got super strength, and both of his arms have it. And he can phase through things. And he does, in this fight, phase a couple of times... And Jeremiah hits nothing, except at the end when Jeremiah is holding him and does a wind-up and clocks him one. And, look, I understand that it's difficult. Supergirl's got a very strong power set. We've also talked about how crazy Martian Manhunter's powers are. And they even, like, they nerfed him a little bit. He used to have Martian Vision, which was basically the same as Heat Vision, right? So he doesn't have that. Um... I, I know it's difficult. I, I, I know you, you, you gotta come up with something that's gonna be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with that, which is why you have, you know, impossibly strong cyborgs, uh, one of whom can shoot, or well, could shoot kryptonite rays out of his chest before he presumably exploded. It's why you have a villain who is literally a being made out of living electricity, because that's the sort of thing you need to be able to reasonably befuddle and 
prevent our heroes from doing things. A guy with one cyborg arm, one is just not cutting it. And that's why that fight was dumb. It, it was a dumb fight. Jean should have won hands down, no problem, surprise cyborg arm or not. When he beats John, and he has his little bug thing, he goes out into the hallway, and DEO agents with automatic weapons are shooting at him. And he sort of curls his head behind his robot arm, and the robot arm deflects all the bullets. But that's just typical marksmanship for someone who's not a protagonist on these shows. Remember last episode I talked about Green Arrow and the firing line of thugs who hit nobody but maybe Renee. It's the same situation here. Apparently all their bullets are either aimed at the, the cyborg arm, which can deflect them, or they miss completely. We don't see him get out. I assume he just walks right out through the front door and nobody says anything or thinks to stop him, even though their boss was just yelling at him a minute ago. I also want to talk about the fact that his mind can't be read. So in order to stop that from happening, Cadmus has either developed a blanket protection from telepathy, or they have specifically developed protection from Martian telepathy. Now, I don't know how telepathy works in the Supergirl universe. Um, to assume that everybody with telepathy is the same seems a little unlikely to me, especially because Jean is a different species from a different planet and probably has a very specific type of telepathy that other telepaths don't quite have. And I, I guess, I don't know, Cadmus can build some sort of weird device, and maybe it is a fusion bomb. I can't tell. But perhaps they have the research to block specifically Martian telepathy without having an available Martian to study. That's fine. That's fine. It's just a thing that happened. I'm going to have to let it go. We're all going to have to let it go. But again, it's hand-wavy, and it feels like cheating. Uh, they didn't even give Dean Kane a tinfoil hat. Maybe maybe his skull is also a cyborg. Maybe it's a cyborg skull. Maybe he's got, like, maybe they did a Wolverine on him, and his whole body is coated with that wonderful metal. Probably not, but, but maybe somehow there's metal on his that's subcutaneously implanted in and around his skull that's preventing Jean from getting in. <sighs> I shouldn't have to come up with these explanations on my own. The show should have told us. Maybe they will. I don't know. So at this point, everybody, of course, has realized that Jeremiah is working for Cadmus. He does say, when he's fighting Jean, that it's more complicated than it seems, but he's still working for Cadmus. So, they go after him, because Wynn planted a tracker on him, because Wynn was suspicious. They find him meeting with Cyborg Superman and Lily Luther, and it's Supergirl and uh, Alex. Those are the only two people who go after him, because Jean is sort of out of commission, and Wynn got popped one. So, um, he's... You know, he's a little bit out of the I mean, he's he's just the IT guy with the alien girlfriend, right? He doesn't have powers or anything, so there we go. Um, right as they're confronting 
uh, Cadmus. Cyborg Superman says Kaboom, which is the second time the Arrowverse has used Kaboom recently. Uh, George Washington said it when he was escaping, right? And Cadmus has planned this really well. They want to get away with Jeremiah. They know that Supergirl's coming after them. So they have looked at an old serial, like we're talking like the 1930s, and they have blown up some train tracks, right? Specifically, some train tracks that are part of a bridge. So Supergirl has to go rescue the train, except that once again, Supergirl has super speed and could knock out at least two of the three people she is facing in about a second before she'd have to go fix the train tracks. But she does not. She flies away immediately. She has time to spot weld with her heat vision one rail, and then she basically shoulders another rail and gets it up to the train tracks in time so the train can go over safely. And it looks like a metro train. It wasn't a cargo train. Probably wasn't too heavy, so that's fine. Alex is left to face down the, the three Cadmus agents alone. Cyborg Superman hits a tree, and it falls over. And it blocks her from them. So they're running through the woods, and she's chasing after them. She catches up with Jeremiah, and... You know, it's what you'd expect. It's like, why did you do it? He's like, would you believe me if I said for you? There's some, you know, he's like, you can't take me in. If you do, you're going to have to shoot me. I'd understand if you did. <sighs> some real parental button pushing. And of course, she lets him go and he goes off. And they go back to the DEO and they they lost him. And it's, it's sad. And uh, both Alex and... Kara are being comforted by their respective SOs because they're very, you know, they're in a, um, they, I mean, this, this is a terrible day for them, right? I would understand. So that makes sense. And it's, it's fine. They're fine. The scenes are, the, the SOs are, are reacting the way you'd want SOs to react. They're being very comforting and very good. Monel seems to have learned his lesson about listening to Supergirl. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a scene where I should probably get back to that. Okay, I'll come back to that. Sorry. Um, and then Wynn finds out what Cadmus took. It was the alien registry. Eee. Uh, there's an alien registry, so now Cadmus has a list of all of the aliens in the United States, which, you know, is a problem. And then we cut to Cadmus... And Jeremiah and Lillian are talking, and Jeremiah is like something like, we have a deal, and Lillian is, of course. And I don't know why Jeremiah would think after 15 years of being held captivity that Lillian's going to hold up any possible end of her deal. I mean, maybe it's like, kill all the other aliens but let Supergirl live, which is not a thing that Lillian's going to do because she hates anybody with the, the L symbol on their chest. And it looks like Cadmus has built a big fuck-off airship, um that they're probably going to use to kill a bunch of aliens. I mean, th that's what it looked like to me. I honestly couldn't really tell what it was looking like, what the machine they had built was, but it looked like a big fuck-off airship. And we, we saw the MacGuffin machine from earlier, which could be a fusion bomb or could be who knows the fuck what. But, you know, Cadmus is going to do something evil, right? Uh, the thing I didn't talk about was at the beginning of the show, 
Supergirl asked Monel not to tell people that they were dating, and Monel lasted about 10 seconds before he told everybody in the DO that we're dating. I'm actually sorry I didn't mention this before because A, it's it's important for something that happens later on, and B, there is a really cute scene where Sean is like, okay, you need to go down to HR and fill out a bunch of forms. And they're like, what? And he's like, yep, you're dating a coworker now. Get down to HR, which I thought was I thought was pretty funny. Um because I play in a D&D campaign where we're all working for an organization and we actually apparently have an HR department that started out as a joke, but now Grace from HR is a real NPC. So anyway, um, HR jokes are funny. So then when Monel confronts everybody with his suspicions at Jeremiah's homecoming dinner, Car takes him into a room and basically yells at him. And here's my problem with this. It is a great, great scene where she is asserting her right to be heard. She asked him for privacy, which he didn't give her. She asked him for, uh, she asked him to give her, her adopted father the benefit of the doubt, which he did not do. And he says, well, that's two strikes on me, but we can, can we just let it go? And she's like, I am not baseball which is great because there's there's this assumption and I mean I've fallen prey to it that three strikes you're out applies to any given situation and it doesn't right if you upset your SO you can't be like okay well if I don't upset you two more times we're just going to call this uh, we're going to just forget about this if you upset your SO you got to figure out why you got to go back and talk to him and you got to make it right that's what you got to do and that's what Car is asserting has to happen which is fantastic this is a really good scene where she stands up for herself and she expresses herself and she tells Monel that he has to listen. And it's great, except that we know she's wrong about the suspicions of Jeremiah, which kind of undercuts the whole thing, which is kind of disappointing. But regardless, it was a good scene of Kara asserting her right to be heard and her right to call Monel on the carpet when he does not hear her. Anyway. That's, uh, that is the end of this episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse. As always, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're having a good day, and I will see you next time.